The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and Today 1980 Episode 1 Go to Jail Do Not Pass Go In this episode we will cover the months of January through March From ABC this is World News Tonight with Barry Serafin in Tehran Tom Jarrell in Chicago and from our desk in Washington Frank Reynolds. Good evening. Day one of the 80s, day 59 of the seizure of the American embassy in Tehran and the captivity of American hostages. And today there was a violent demonstration at another embassy. Thousands of exiles from Afghanistan and some Iranians stormed the Soviet embassy to protest Russia's invasion of Afghanistan. We'll have a full report on this incident later in our broadcast. I think it's a very weird thing, fame. Paul McCartney. The interesting thing for me is that the only people who can ever write about it or ever get near to even explaining it, most often don't want to because it's the people who are famous themselves rather than the analysts or the commentators on it. Because the commentators can't quite get behind that mask until they're famous commentators. And even then, it's still not the same. It's still a different thing. So there is a very weird kind of double-edged sword to fame. Do you but, think that's, uh, that was John's reaction, why he's, he's sort of... No, I, I, I don't, I actually don't know, or don't really like to speak for John, but uh, seeing as you ask me, like, my theory is just that he's done enough, he thinks he's done enough in all the things he wanted to do, except um, being himself. And I think now he's actually just turned on to actually living his own life, sod everyone else. It's not an aggressive thing, I don't think, from what I can see. Mm-hmm. My 
Life, take it, it's mine to give Take it, let me live In you My life, take it, it's yours Do what you will, I dedicate it On January 2nd at McCartney's Hog Hill Mill Studio, Ickhilsham in East Sussex, Paul and his band Wings rehearse for their upcoming tour of Japan, which is scheduled to begin in two weeks. And he also sends a greeting to his Japanese fans. Hello there, people of Japan. This is Paul McCartney speaking. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can hear you. Yes. We're just rehearsing here, you know, man. Yeah. Right? Is that right? 
January 12th, Wings and their tour entourage leave London's Heathrow Airport en route to Japan in preparation for their concert tour. Paul, Linda, and family, however, make a three-day stopover in New York City to visit with Linda's relatives. The McCartneys stay at the Stanhope Hotel on Fifth Avenue on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. January 14th, Paul tries to reach John at Lennon's Dakota apartment. Yoko answered the phone and spoke to Paul and was told that John was not available and she will let him know that he had called. Paul explained that he wanted to visit before he leaves for Japan. Paul also mentioned in conversation that he would be staying at the Akuta Hotel in Tokyo on the 16th if he wanted to call then. The next day, the McCartneys and family leave New York, bound for Tokyo. They land on January 16th at the Narita Tokyo Airport and immediately rush through to customs. Customs officials say that McCartney behaved oddly and they searched his luggage. And I could see the guy opening my suitcase and right on the top is this big bag of grass. And you know, I didn't even put it in a sweater or put it, hide it. On January 16, 1980, Paul McCartney was arrested at the new Tokyo International Airport for possessing eight ounces of marijuana. Former Beatle Paul McCartney was jailed without bail in Tokyo today after being arrested on charges of marijuana possession and smuggling. The 37-year-old rock star was arrested at Narita Airport after almost half a pound of marijuana was found in one of his suitcases. If found guilty, he could receive seven years in prison. McCartney and his rock group Wings were to have given 11 performances in Japan, but the tour now has been canceled. 
He had been arrested for the same crime five years ago, which resulted in a cancellation of a concert tour to Japan at that time. Officials from the Japanese Narcotics Bureau spent the day questioning him. This evening, they say they're applying to have the period during which they can detain him extended while it's decided whether he'll be deported or sent for trial. If the latter, and if convicted, he could be given a seven-year prison sentence. I'd heard that the penalty for this was seven years hard labor. After several hours of questioning, the singer was taken away in handcuffs. Japan is particularly strict on drug taking, coming down hard on Japanese caught with pot in their possession. The Japanese procedure, I had to be handcuffed all the time. So I was wandering around being taken out in the street where there was all these fans screaming like it was Beatlemania. And uh, instead of uh, going to a gig, I was going to a cell. One time, when riot police were called to control fans besieging the office where McCartney was being questioned, it was almost like Beatlemania, and the singer just couldn't leave. In Tokyo, more questioning, this time by narcotics investigators. Then into a car and off to the local police station, where the singer spent the night in a cell large enough for four people. McCartney was jailed, and the cuisine was not promising. Japanese soybean paste soup and a slice of bread. In the morning, well rested, he said, but worried about the children, McCartney went off for another session with the drug investigators. He managed a few cheerful greetings and even a wink or two for the fans who'd been following him around all day. Paul McCartney was transferred to the Tokyo District Public Prosecutor's Office this morning since the Welfare Ministry's narcotic control officers applied for the transfer. Over 100 young girls gathered around the entrance of the Tokyo District Prosecutor's Office. The prosecutors decided that it was necessary to detain Paul for further investigations and demanded a detention to the district court. I was in a place called the Tokyo Detention Center and it wasn't fun at all. Paul was interrogated by the judges directly this afternoon. As a result of the questioning, the judges decided to detain Paul McCartney for another 10 days. After about a couple of days of terror, where I didn't know anything, um, you start to get a bit of an idea of it. And I got a little bit indoctrinated and started to, it's like the great escape. You start to sort of play games and start to think, I've got to keep sane here. So I've got to think of something to do. And um, being taller than them, um, I invented the game of let's see who can touch the, the highest spot on the wall. I tended to win. They tried. God bless them. God love them. They tried. But I could always just top it. Narcotics investigators say Paul McCartney has broken the Japanese law. But the former Beatle has yet to give the public and his disappointed fans his own version of the affair. For his fans, and in Japan there are many, the cancellation of Paul McCartney's concert tour was a bitter disappointment. A hundred thousand of them who bought tickets will get their money back. But that's scant consolation when you've waited so long. And some couldn't keep back the tears.
days and nights rolled on, McCartney's lawyers fought hard to have Paul released, but the Japanese authorities just wouldn't budge. Uh, 
Uh, I didn't see Paul actually. I just brought him his lunch. Uh, and uh, nothing. We don't want nothing. I still don't know what's happening or when he's getting out. We've heard that maybe tonight or tomorrow. Is that a possibility? I have no idea. Uh, Everybody's heard but me. Where do you go from Tokyo? Oh, I don't know. You don't know? No. We weren't allowed to touch each other. She was on the other side of a uh, a grill, and. Um, I wasn't allowed to see the kids at all. Well, it's, it's a strain. I wouldn't mind if we knew what was happening and knew he was getting out. Five days after Paul had been arrested in Tokyo, and seeing that the concert tour had been cancelled, Wings members Denny Lane, Lawrence Juber, Steve Holly, and their road crew all leave Japan on January 21st. Denny flies to Cannes in the south of France, while Lawrence and Steve head to the States. But since you gotta go, oh, you had better go now. Go now, go now, go now. For you see me cry, yeah, yeah. I don't want you to tell me what you intend to do. Denny secures a publishing deal with Performance Music and takes advantage of this time away from Wings to work on a solo project.
It was around this time that a rumor circulated that Yoko Ono had McCartney busted at the airport in Tokyo. Fred Seaman, Lennon's new personal assistant, fueled that rumor on American television. I was in the office when the phone calls were being made to Japan. Seaman claims that when Paul McCartney was arrested in Japan, it was the result of a plot between Lennon and his wife Yoko Ono. A plot that began when McCartney called Ono in New York City. Paul said that he was going to Japan and he was going to be staying at the presidential suite uh, of the Hotel Okura. And uh, he also said that uh, he, either he or Linda, had scored some uh, dynamite uh, marijuana and suggested coming over and smoking some with uh, John. She rejected the idea for the pot party at Lennon's home. In the meantime, McCartney's plan for him and his wife Linda to stay in the same hotel room the Lennons used when they visited Japan caused an uproar. That really uh, was very upsetting to John and Yoko, the thought that uh, Paul and Linda McCartney might sleep in their bed at the Hotel Akura. Uh, th that couldn't happen because uh, the way they looked at it, it would spoil their hotel karma forever. So uh, John and Yoko got together and they decided to do something, and Yoko told John that she would take care of it. According to Seaman, McCartney's very public arrest was no accident. But in fact, the Japanese knew that he was caring because uh, later uh, I learned that uh, Yoko, through intermediaries, had tipped off airport authorities. All she did was make a couple of phone calls. The authorities searched McCartney's luggage and found a half a pound of marijuana. So Paul was taken off to jail and uh, uh, this created a great, uh, a great glee at the Dakota. John and John, particularly John, was very cheerful about it. He was very happy because... Uh, you know, he liked to, um, to sort of tweak Paul and the fact that Paul was now, his, his tour was in ruin and uh, he wouldn't move into hotel, just pleased John enormously. He followed uh, Paul's ordeal in, in great detail and, and the, the thing that he liked most was uh, when he found out that uh, Paul uh, was uh, apparently being forced, that's what we had heard, to play yesterday for the Japanese guards. So that was just too much for John. He loved it. A spokesman for Yoko Ono says she was not involved in any way with the arrest of Paul McCartney and that the story is simply not true. Paul McCartney. And there is a story people have put to me that I was framed, which actually makes more sense to me as time goes on, but I don't think I was. I think I was just stupid and I paid the penalty. Hey, this is life, you know, this is a, an old sailor's life. You do these things, you know, laddie. Ha ha. <laughs> On January 25th, after 10 days of incarceration, Paul McCartney is finally released from a Tokyo jail and immediately deported. 
At 5.20 this afternoon, McCartney tried to appear relaxed as he answered reporters' questions, waving his hands now and then, but his face did show some strain. Oh, please say something Japanese bar. Please say. Oh, Japanese Take bar. it easy. Shh, shh, shh. Okay. Yeah. I'm very sorry about the tour being cancelled, you know, but we hope to come back sometime, maybe. What do you think about uh, marijuana? It was a big mistake. Oh, will you try to come back to Japan? Yes, I will try. Please say something to Japanese bar. Oh, there now, there now, Oh, there now. Oh, there now. Thank you for being so nice. Japanese fans. Oh, do you think about Marijuana? Well, they've been all right. It's all right. At least it's over. Well, not much. Okay, thank you. Goodbye. Sayonara. Hello. How is the life in custody? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. How are these people handled? Very good. Very good? Yeah, good Do you think you were wrong? Okay, see ya. McCartney is now being questioned by immigration officials at Narita International Airport. He'll be treated as an illegal entrant and will be deported tonight. After 10 days in jail, McCartney met his children on the plane. He was interviewed on the flight to Anchorage. Now that you are freed after 10 days, yes. uh, how do you feel right now? I feel very relieved. Yeah. And uh, how did you bring marijuana to Japan, into Japan? Uh, it was a mistake, really. You know, I was in America, and the attitude is very different there from how it is uh, in Japan. I didn't realize it was so strict. And so, some people said uh, you challenged against Japanese officials. Is that correct? No, it wasn't intentional. No. And many fans in Japan. Uh, especially young girls uh, said, uh, Paul betrayed us. Oh, what do you think of it? Well, uh, I'm, I'm probably as disappointed as they are, you know, that, <clears throat> that we couldn't do the show. So um, I feel sorry for those fans, but I'm sure, you know, we'll get over it and maybe we can come back sometime and do a show there. Hope so anyway. So you must, uh, you don't like uh, Japan or Japanese anymore? Oh, that's not true. I think they're great. I uh, think the people are very nice, you know, and uh, I have nothing against them whatsoever. Uh, do you think this experience will affect in your music life? I'm not sure. You never know. I might get a new song out of it. Really? You never know, yes. With some Japanese words, maybe. You made uh, some kind of uh, music in a prison? Yeah, so I'm always singing. Keep my spirits up, you know. What kind of song did you sing? That kind of song, you know. Uh, well, uh, last question. Do you still like to smoke marijuana? No, I quit. Yeah, on the, on the plane. Just quit. Paul McCartney certainly won't be allowed back into Japan for at least 12 months, even if he should want to return. As for his fans, they remain loyal, although somewhat bewildered 
that their idol apparently didn't realize that it isn't wise to try to bring pot in your suitcase into Japan. John Harris, CBS News, Tokyo. This ten, last 10 days has been to get out of Japan and uh, to kind of get home, you know, with the wife and kids, you know, because I say that was the main worry for me, yeah. was that they may be stuck there for years, you know, because the British consul turned up the first night and he said, oh, yeah, maybe eight years. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a drag being in there, you know.
fancy kind of Japanese jail songs, I suppose it could, but uh, I prefer to uh, just forget it right now. And for the next few days, presumably, there'll be a chance for you to get to, uh, back to the English way of life, and particularly to have a, a break with your family. Yeah, if you fellas leave me alone, that, that will be possible. That will be great. Last question, what are you going to do now? Sleep. Okay, and go home. A few days later, back in his home country, the UK, on January 30th, Thames ITV Network Television presents the show This Is Your Life with host Iman Andrews. This evening's honoree is music producer George Martin. George, how are you? All your pals here, as you know. The man who put the Beatles on the map. International record impresario, George Martin. Tonight, this is your life. Well, George Martin, this is your life. All part of that international pop music family of yours who've the greatest respect for the high standards of perfection you always demand. But all those stars should see you when you're with us because you're always coming a cropper, Daddy. From your Wilshire home children, Lucy and Giles, with your wife, Judy, and daughter of your first marriage, Alexis. Among the many family and friends who were there to honor George is Paul McCartney whose appearance was pre-recorded from last December. Among your many achievements, you're the man who harnessed the Mersey sound of the 60s with the music of Jerry and the Pacemakers, Billy J. Kramer and the Dakotas, and a group that has become an international pop music legend. And if you keep looking at that screen, George, tonight one of them recalls those days, ex-Beatle Paul McCartney. 60s when our late manager, Brian Epstein, came back from London after he'd been trying to hawk us around all the record companies, and he'd had no luck. Uh, and we were very disappointed at the time. Anyway, eventually we made it down to Abbey Road Studios, number two studio, as you'll probably remember, and we played a little song for you called Love Me Do. Love me do. Oh, love me do. Anyway, 
sorry, George. We're really chuffed to find that you'd signed us at last. And I'm sure without your help, we, we would have never made it. So this evening, this is your life. This is your night. Anyway, have a good time, George. See you later, okay? Thank you, Paul McCartney. Meanwhile, back in New York City, the Lennons expand their real estate investments when they purchase an 11,000-square-foot oceanfront estate, nicknamed El Saleno, in Palm Beach, Florida, for $725,000. Then on February 2nd, the Lennons travel to Palm Beach where they host an evening with American actor Peter Boyle and his wife Lorraine Alterman. Turns out that John was Peter's best man at their wedding in 1977. Here, the Everybody Loves Raymond star talks about how he met John. My wife knew, uh, was friendly with, uh, I had just met Lorraine then. We were doing Young Frankenstein and she was friendly with Yoko and knew John and we, uh, we just started hanging out with him a little bit. We would go to dinner with him and talk about everything. He ended up as your best man, I understand. When we got married, yes, we had a, an informal, non-denominational wedding at the UN Chapel and at the last minute I, somebody said you have no best man and I asked John if he would stand in. So he did. Lennon enjoyed his new home in the warm sunshine and on February 18th he along with his personal assistant Fred Seaman decorated various rooms of the estate with gardenias for Yoko's birthday. Gardenias are Yoko's favorite flower. After years of being out of the public spotlight, I kept thinking this must be what it's like when guys get retired at 65 and they're still alive and kicking, but somebody pushed a button and they have to go so I kind of dealt with that you know what would one do if what one wasn't doing it and uh, gradually I got into being a house husband or with Sean or whatever but at first I was very sort of frantic all the time didn't know what to do you know there seemed to be endless time you know. John reveals that he is revitalized and ready for a period of constant rebirth. Doing what I'm doing They give me all kinds of warning Save me from ruin and When I say that I'm okay Well, they look at me kind of strange Surely you're not happy now You no longer play the game Ah, people say I'm lazy Dreaming my life away Well, they give me all kinds of advice Designed to enlighten me You miss the big time boy, you're no longer on the ball. 
around this time that the comedy film Caveman with Ringo Starr and Barbara Bach was to begin filming. The director and writer was Carl Gottlieb. Here Carl describes the film and its origin. A producing team of Larry Terman and David Foster had a, uh, a picture deal at Warner Brothers, and Warner Brothers owned the rights to 1 million BC. And somebody at Warner Brothers said to Terman and Foster, remember 1 million BC? And there was both a black and white version, and then there was the version with Raquel Welch in a fur bikini, which was a poster, a best-selling poster. They said, yes, we remember 1 million BC. And they said, okay, the same thing, only funny. Okay. And it's a very, fairly straightforward development deal. I'm hired to write a screenplay, which I do, which is quite different from the, the movie, but I thought, pretty funny. Are there, are there actual words in the screenplay? In the, the, in the first iteration, yes, they speak English, and the uh, one tribe speaks English, the other tribe speaks French, they don't, and they don't get along. And it's, uh, I think, a perfectly serviceable, smart comedy, but Terman and Foster are thinking more, more Mel Brooks than Preston Sturgis. So they say, how would you feel about taking on a collaborator? There's a Mel Brooks writer who's available, Rudy DeLuca. So I, I go, well, you know, and my deal, by the way, is to write and direct the movie. So they say, would you work with Rudy? So Rudy and I meet. I kind of have to approve him, which I do. I'm happy to do that. He's a talented guy. He's got a, fun, a lot of funny ideas. And we sit down and we rewrite my script. We eliminate dialogue. We have caveman talk, more slapstick gags and the resulting script, uh, we, we turn it in, and it's a fairly straightforward Hollywood development story. The studio reads it, and they green light the script. Terminator Foster call me, they say, great news, we got a green light on the script, we're gonna direct. I say, great. Interestingly enough, I by that time I'd visited uh, Nepal and had hung out with Tibetans, 
and the Tibetan colloquialism for intercourse is zug. That's where I got it from. When you said zug zug, that's the only word in the picture that is an actual word of a living language. It happens to be Tibetan. Before leaving for filming, Carl Gottlieb and his wife Allison throw a cast party at their home in California. We had a party at our house before we left for location. The picture was shot in Mexico. Ringo and Barbara's eyes meet, but they each have a best friend at the time. Ringo's with a wonderful photographer named Nancy Andrews, and Barbara Bach is with some Italian industrialist because that's who Bond girls marry, even though she was Barbara Goldbach, the daughter of a police sergeant in Brooklyn, New York. While Lennon was celebrating Yoko's 47th birthday on February 18th, Ringo and his fiancée Nancy Andrews fly to Mexico City to begin filming the United Artists motion picture comedy, Caveman. Ringo is cast as a lovable underdog named Atuk, who gets ousted from his tribe, while his co-star Barbara Bach, who's named Lana, is the much sought-after beauty of the tribe. Lana Lunda. Despite Nancy Andrews' presence on the set, Ringo began to hang out more and more with Barbara. Well, we started the film and we we began became good friends. Atuk Alunda Lana. Lana Alunda Atuk. Filming continued for the next several weeks in Durango at the Cherubusco Studios. A few days later on February 26th in London, Paul McCartney attends the British Rock and Pop Awards held at the Cafe Royale. Paul is honored with the award for the most outstanding music personality of 1979. Okay, well, two artists led the field in this category. There was Sting of the Police, who we've already seen, and there was Mr. McCartney. And the winner is Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney has possibly contributed more than anyone in so many calls of pop music over the last 18 years, and now we're undoubtedly going to share this accolade with the other members of Wings. It's lovely lady Linda. You know what these Thank things are, don't you, Paul? Yes, David. Microphones. Hello, everybody. <laughs> right. So, you, amongst many other things, you've had so many awards. It is possible, I suppose, in someone's career to get to a point where you can become blasé. Have you yet become blasé? You yes. Have. You have. Blasé, yes. Can we take it back, please, then, in yes, that case? Definitely. Thank you very much, no, Paul. No, I'll keep it. No, no keep uh, one other thing I is... I nearly didn't make it here today, you know. Really? Why? Yes. Pressing engagement abroad. A pressing engagement abroad. <laughs> ah, yes, of course. <clears throat> well, congratulations, the most outstanding music personality. It says it all. Anything else we say is a bit superfluous, so congratulations once again, Paul McCartney, oh, ladies and gentlemen. You.
On March 3rd and for the next three weeks, Paul works in between recording studios, Abbey Road, and his home studio in Sussex on mixing and recording solo tracks. On March 16th, after having spent several weeks on holiday in St. Bart's, the Harrisons arrive back in Henley, 
where George assembles a band to work on his next album.
On March 24th, Capitol Records releases The Beatles' Rarities in America. Unlike its British counterpart that had been released last year, this album package of 15 songs concentrated on obscure B-sides, mono-releases, and a couple of rare alternate mixes.
The LP peaked at number 21 in the U.S. Billboard 200 charts. On March 28th, 29th, and 30th, the 6th Annual New York Metro Beetle Fest is held in Secaucus, New Jersey. The master of ceremonies for this year's Beetle Fest is New York rock DJ Jimmy Fink, with special guests promoter Sid Bernstein, rock journalist Lou O'Neill Jr., and the author of the Beatles book, Beatles Forever, Nicholas Schaffner. Founders of Beetlefest, Mark and Carol Lapidus, pledge that a splendid time will be had by all. With yet another resurgence of Beatles music, due in part to the capital release of the LP Rarities, McCartney is asked about groups or bands that have tried to copy the Beatles sound, in particular the band The Knack, which many have been calling the New Beatles. I've actually only heard one record of this, the single, My Smash My Shirts, which is ironic. And uh, this is alright. I haven't heard anything else, so I can't really comment on them. You know, I suspect they're kind of an okay pop group. Obviously the Beatles, of any thing, have had the most imitators and the copiers, even when the 60s thing was going on. Every friend of ours was a copier.
Coming up in a moment. The Lennons relax at their Cold Spring Harbor home in New York. Hello, we're having lunch on Sunday. Paul is asked that reoccurring question that is on everyone's mind. Is it true that you haven't had any marijuana in 122 days? Yes or no? Ringo falls in love. In April. Was April? Yes, ma'am. We, uh, we rarely met. When did you tell her you loved her? 27th of April. <laughs> and George continues to record new songs at Friar Park. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Good night. Next on Yesterday and Today. I have something to say. We, uh, uh, we take a lot of flack in the press about some things, you know, and uh, I don't really care as long as they spell me my name out there. It's been a Contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at yesterdaypod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time.
I'm Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and The Third Men Podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? <laughs> Don't worry, we will. <laughs> you can head to our social media pages. That's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen. Or you could head to society 6 dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K A M I N S K I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello, the lights just went out. <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Oh, for God's sake.